Hello, you silvery moonbeam that reflects off the lake onto the face of the one that you love. Welcome to Cop On, episode 28. I'm recording this introduction on Sunday, a few hours after Liverpool showed more guts than the contents of a French sausage, having grilled Sean Dyche's Burnley Bully Boys four goals to two in the howling gales. Fantastically marvellous and wonderful. Indeed, the lion's share of today's episode is dedicated to that delectable match, and I would like to thank Fergus McFadden, Dr Mo Hakim, who is a cop on debutante, and a new host for you, Karan Hindotcha, him especially, uh, for recording without me. Today, uh, I was actually, if you're interested, busy in a recording studio all day, failing to multitask between playing guitar, watching the match on my phone, and trying not to let the others know that I was doing so. I'll be back in the second part of this show, in which you can hear a special Bayern Munich preview I recorded the other day with the lovely Morris House from Mia San Rot, which is a Bayern website and podcast that I thoroughly recommend you check out. Right, enough of that. Let's talk about them sausages. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 28 of Copon Podcast. My name is Karan Hindoja, and I'll be your host for today. In today's episode, we have Fergus joining us from Zambia, and Dr. Mo Hakim joining us from Boston. Let's start with a match review. Liverpool have just hosted Burnley at Anfield. The match finished 4-2 with full of energy and poise. That will have me dancing for days. How do you feel, Mo and Fergus? How do you feel? Well, I, I feel good about the game. Uh, there, there were positives in it. I liked the, uh, the three points, first of all, and it was good to see Adam Lallana kick in and performing the way he did today. Glad to hear that. How about you, Fergus? Um, I think I feel more than anything, I feel re- relief. Um, because, as we all know, Liverpool's form has been up and down. Um, we didn't really know what to expect. We know we should beat a team like Burnley quite reasonably. We always know Burnley, though, are sticky opposition, tricky opposition, not usually the teams, uh, one of the teams that Liverpool likes to play. They like to play with a low block. Uh, they like to play very physically, so they, they commit a lot of fouls. They're aggressive, as we saw with the foul on um, Joe Gomez in the first match against Burnley away. So after the match today, it's mostly a sense of relief that uh, Liverpool played played reasonably well and they got the job done. And being four points behind Man City is no fun. So back being within one point of them is really good. So so yeah, it, it was feel really good after today. Yeah, thank you for your answer. I, I agree with you. Um, Burnley were very aggressive. Um, you could see that in the opening minutes when Alisson was falling near the goal and um, that gave Burnley the chance to open the scoring. And uh, recollecting the away game where Joe Gomez was injured, the entire game they were very aggressive and they repeated the same performance today as well. Continuing with you, Fergus, how does this result affect the title challenge? Yeah, it's great to be back within one point of City. Um, I still make us second favourites. Um, I think ever since we lost that match away to Man City, when we had the chance to go 10 points clear, but at the end of the game, we were four points clear. 
that, that uh, badly affected our chances, and City were always going to come on strong. And they've really shown um, since that, and since they lost to um, whoever it was they lost to last, was it West Ham or something, um, they, they've really come on strong. And um, it's, I think we're still in with a shout. We've got to basically win every game from now to the end of the season and hope Man City drop points. Man City have not been playing that great themselves over the last number of games, just winning 1-0, winning by a penalty or whatever. But they've been grinding out results and they've been getting results, while we've been losing a lot of points to draws. So as far as the title, I'd make us still make us second favourites, but um, we're still in with a shout and we're hoping that City will fall away. It's difficult for us. We are second favourites because City have done it before. They've won, what, three of the last five league titles? We haven't won one in, in any of our players' living memory. So it's very hard for us. Um, but uh, to still be um, pushing City as hard as we can, as hard as we are, even with a squad that isn't as good, I think uh, it's very positive for us. And hopefully we can keep uh, the pressure on and keep these results up. Definitely, I agree with you. Sometimes we have to be realistic. and mm. um, But we still have to take the chances and... We still have eight more games to go, and we can. We have to collect maximum points and see where that leads us. How about you, Mo? What do you think that this result affects the title challenge? I'll have to agree with Fergus on the fact that we are second favorites. Uh, I, I would think that the point that the, the time of the season that made the biggest difference was when Liverpool uh, had a draw against Leicester in Anfield, then again at West Ham. Not necessarily the loss at Man City, uh, because City are a very strong team and you're playing away. Uh, it's not unusual to lose to them, but l- losing points against Leicester and West Ham were, in my opinion, uh, the the bad part of the, the bad part of Liverpool's season. I don't think drawing against United away and drawing against Everton away were that bad of results. It's just Liverpool have been having such a good season that the fans. Uh, believe that United were there for the taking and we didn't score, but they forgot the fact that you're playing against Manchester United at Old Trafford and they were parking the bus against Liverpool, which is, which shows how good Liverpool have been this season. Uh, but as second favorites, I, I do agree. You look at the squad depth going forward for Liverpool, you only have Mane, Firmino and Mo Salah. If any of them is injured, any of them is out of form, the team is compromised. While you look at City, you have multiple players. You have Riyad Mahrez, 65 million signing on the bench. You have Gabriel Jesus. You have Bernardo. So uh, I think Liverpool can still push for the title uh, as second favorites. But like uh, Fergus said, they have to win every single game, including Spurs and Chelsea, and uh, wait for City to drop points against United and Spurs. Hopefully. Totally, totally. I agree with you. Um, City haven't really been sharp uh, lately. Um, just like when they played on Saturday, they were very poor. They're just passing the ball around, no spark in the attack, nothing. And I think we have collected two really huge points against United and Everton. Uh, we were unfortunate not to win the game, but um, those were really good points. And I think the downfall of the season was probably the defeat at City. Um, and we just have to keep going and see where that leads us. Moving on, um, today's game, Klopp made two changes to the team. 
Adam Lallana replaced Jordan Henderson and Roberto Firmino returned to the starting lineup in the place of Origi. What do you think of uh, the lineup before the match started, Mo? Uh, I was, uh, I, I liked the lineup. I uh, expected Firmino to come back once he's fit. Uh, to bring on Lallana, I first wondered uh, why Keita was not involved. Uh, one of the biggest problems for Liverpool this season was creative midfielders. Since Coutinho left and then Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain got injured, this has been a problem. Uh, so I was wondering, especially that Keita was starting to show his potential and then he hasn't played since the, uh, much since the game against Bayern uh, Anfield. But when I saw Lalana, I, I understood like these guys in training, they're, they're showing what they're capable of. And to start Lalana is, uh, means he's been training well, which Klopp has said, and rightfully he delivered. Uh, but apart from injuries, Lalana is one of those midfielders in Liverpool that he's got flair. He knows how to control the tempo of the game. He's just been unfortunate with injuries. So I was happy with the lineup. I was just wondering when will Keita start playing again? Yeah, I agree with you. What do you have to say on this, Fergus? Yeah, I think um, when I saw the lineup, like most Liverpool fans, I think a lot of us have I've lost faith in Adam Lallana over the last couple of years and really kind of written him off. Um, and, you know, we wrote him off because he's always injured. When he did play and when he did come on as a sub, he wasn't making much of an impression. But so the Adam Lallana we saw today uh, really was, um, uh, you know, a throwback to the Adam Lallana we knew from a couple of seasons ago. So initially when I saw the lineup, I was questioning why uh, Shakiri or Keita hadn't started. But obviously, with Lallana coming on in the last few games as a substitute, what Klopp was doing was really preparing him for this stage of the season, getting him minutes under his belt. He was seeing something, as Mo said, in training that we weren't seeing. Lallana, at his best, is a much better defensive player than either Keita or Shakiri, for sure. I mean, Keita does have defensive qualities, which aren't really proven yet in the Premier League too much. But we do know Lallana offers that balance in a three whereby he can offer attacking play. He's also brilliant on closing players down, um, interceptions, tackles, being in the right position. So Klopp is really favouring the 4-3-3 right now, and he sees Lalana as a key figure in that three, uh, now that Ox isn't ready yet. So Ox, Ox and Lalana can sort of change, interchange in that midfield three, on the, um, the left or right-hand side of the three, because they offer both attacking uh, flair, uh, attacking um, possibilities that they can make key passes, they can make assists, they can score goals. Plus, they have that defensive awareness and ability and defensive aggression that you need from a midfield three player, which we're not really seeing from Shakiri. Shakiri uh, started there once against Southampton, but he was pulled at half-time. And also, um, uh, Nabi obviously has a lot of potential in that area. But uh, he, he's not um, fully being utilised yet. Having Lallana in the lineup was surely an eye-opener, but Klopp has showed faith in him. Um, he's done tremendous in the training sessions, and it was a huge call to start him uh, in this mm -hmm. game. And he certainly has delivered, hasn't he? He was all over the pitch, and he had a really, really good game. Um, what do you think were some of the key moments in the game, Mo? Uh, I think the key moment was Burnley's first goal and the way Liverpool responded to that. Yes, it was a foul. You, there, there was contact with Allison 
but the way Liverpool responded with composure and they pushed forward and scored two goals, and that shows you the charisma and the mentality of the team that are a team that is pushing to win the title, uh, which was, in my opinion, the, uh, the one of the positives in addition to seeing Lalana do well, seeing Liverpool under pressure at home defeated, and then they they come out on top. That was good to see. I uh, wanted to mention Shakiri back to your first question about the lineup. One thing I believe the reason why Shakiri hasn't been getting more play time is uh, Klopp was working with the 4-2-3-1 for a long time. And they got good results. And for whatever reason, uh, he obviously is more aware of his team's capabilities than, than we are. But he switched back to the 4-3-3. And unfortunately, in the 4-3-3, Shakiri just does not fit very well. He could play as a substitute for Mo Salah as a right winger. But he, in, that, in the midfield three, he doesn't. He's just not a central midfielder. So I believe that's why Shakiri has not been playing uh, as often uh, as we saw him in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, as Klopp mentioned in his post-match uh, conference, that in a lot of countries, uh, the opening goal shouldn't have been allowed because you cannot go into goalkeeper like that. But unfortunately, the goal stood and... The way we fought back and uh, finished the game, that was really amazing. I think I agree. The way we fought back and uh, collected the three points were definitely the key moments of the game. Um, how how do you rate the team's performance against Burnley for this? Yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, I suppose uh, what we did well is um, we were aggressive in the middle of the park. We kept them... Uh, kept them defending because um, Burnley, I mean, we really basically just wore out their defense. You could see from the second half onwards at corners, you could look at the Burnley players. They were all dirty, covered in mud from sliding all over the place, been defending the whole time, and they were breathing hard. And it's not often you see a, a Premier League team opposition breathing hard and sort of hands down on their knees and, and really knackered. But that, we wore Burnley out, we wore Burnley down with the amount of um, quick passing around the box. We kept them pinned back, gave them very few opportunities. The one goal, that, well, the first goal they got was a clear foul on Allison. It was a dreadful decision by the ref. Not only was it one player, but two players were, were all over um, Allison. He would have punched that out with, without a problem, as you saw with another corner in the second half where he exact same, they put it in the exact same position and he came out and punched it because he wasn't being fouled. So that was a dreadful decision. Um, but after that, I think, um, you know, the key moments for the game for us were, were the equaliser by Bobby Firmino uh, and then we went 2-1 ahead with Mane. And I think when we went 1-1 we and 2-1, you know, that the fans started to relax and everyone started to relax and think, OK, we can win this. We've seen what we're up against. And um, so I think restricting Burnley to very, very few chances was our... I think they had three shots on goal the whole game. We had about 18. So um, we, we did very well in, in, in also counter-pressing. The other thing, I mean, a lot of really top teams, they don't like to... They like to keep the ball on the flanks now because they know that Liverpool have got the best game in pressing, um, you know, uh, tactics in, in the league probably. So 
what Burnley, the mistakes Burnley made was they, they were trying to play back through the middle. And you saw with that, um, I forget it was the first or the second goal. I think it was the second one where Lalana did a brilliant uh, block tackle on um, one of the Burnley players. I think it was Taylor. And uh, the ball broke to uh, uh, one of ours. It was either Mane or Firmino and he scored. So our counter attacking, uh, counter pressing was fantastic. It was really, really strong kept Burnley uh, pinned back. Um, and as for what we could have done better, um, obviously the, se the, second, the first Burnley goal was a travesty. It should never have stood. So that, that would never have gone in normally. The second Burnley goal, you know, there was, it was ping-ponging around the box. It was a bit like a, 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 a pinball. Um, and then finally it bro broke to one of their players who, who knocked it in from close range. So... You know, at that point, it's hard to point fingers at anyone in particular uh, because, you know, everyone seemed to be in a fairly good position, but no one could, could clear it. And then finally the ball broke to our, our left side where Andy Robertson just couldn't. He tried to get a desperate block in, but he just couldn't get in in time. So um, it, I think overall it, it was a really good performance by Liverpool. I don't think we could have improved it uh, by much. I think Salah probably could have scored... It would have been nice if Mo had got a goal. He did create well, very well down the right. Um, sometimes a lot of teams double up him, double up in, on him on the right. Um, his shooting boots aren't really um, back on him yet, so I'd like to see him get get more accuracy in this, from the shooting department. But he did create that ball, that goal where he slid the ball across the first goal for, for Bobby to put in. So overall, I would say it was a, a very good performance. Very well. Thank you for your answer. Um, do you agree with uh, with Fergus more? I do agree. I agree. The performance was great. The, they got the job done. They responded well to the the first goal they conceded. Uh, Mo Salah played well, and uh, like Fergus said, teams now know, realize that he's arguably Liverpool's biggest threat based on his performance last season and how many goals he scored this season. So they often double up on him, and uh, and then he gets strangled in, in, in on whether he plays on the right or he plays in the center uh some some liverpool could use that if, if they double enough on him then then the center midfielders can utilize that and score but we have a problem in that area of shots from outside the box we we don't have many shots from outside the box this season what i would like to see mo salah do and i think uh, he's already started showing that in certain uh, games is to start free roaming a bit. He has, he's a right midfielder, but you see Lionel Messi, he, he drops deep, picks up the ball, turns around, cuts inside. So when, when players play that way, then it becomes difficult to man mark him because the left back isn't going to leave the, the, his spot and just go deep to chase Mo Salah. And uh, I think this will be the natural progression from him, uh, so he came to Liverpool as a winger, who is a threat and who scores goals and creates goals. And then he developed into a winger that uh, works more towards the center, and he was the Premier League top scorer. Then even this season, we started seeing him playing as a striker, yet still creating more chances than last season, having assists and scoring a lot. I think the next step in his progression is to start moving freely, uh, going on the left, going on the right, going in the midfield. So it becomes more difficult for him to be marked. 
and he faces the goal and starts uh, developing his game that way. But overall, I agree, it was a great performance. Very well answered. Um, what do you think that we did something badly? Um, what could have we done better? Uh, I, I think the nerviness uh, towards the end was a bit negative, but not too much because there was only a few minutes left and uh, we scored a goal even during that, uh, the, the last bit of the game. Uh, conceding the second goal, I think, was a negative just because this season the defense has been so rock solid that uh, it's always expected that Liverpool are going to have a clean sheet. And then when the first goal was a foul, uh, so you couldn't, you know, it's difficult to prevent that. But then the second goal, uh, you know, I think is a bit of a negative because of the high expectations of Liverpool's defense. Uh, but I think there aren't many uh, negatives that you can find in the game. Everyone played very well. So, yeah, I think there's more positives than negatives. Yeah, sure thing. I think there's one more moment that we can count as a negative uh the moment that led to the opening goal, Joel Matip gifted a corner. Um, he could he had lots of space to collect the ball on his feet and pick a player out, but instead, because of the awkward bounce in front of him, he had to hit the ball, and unfortunately, it was a corner. So I think um, his judgment in, in that sort of situation still needs improving. That's what I believe. Do you agree with me, Fergus? I would cut... Um, Matip a bit of slack there. I know it was an awkward bounce. You know, he probably would have chested it if it had bounced better or maybe he'd been in a better position. Um, so I, I cut him a bit of slack and it, it, it was just a corner given away. Unfortunately, uh, Burnley scored from that corner through, through a foul on the goalkeeper. Now we know that about 1 in 20 to 1 in 30 corners actually lead to a goal. So even, you know, the best side score only 1 in 20. So the fact that Burnley scored from that corner, uh, it, it's a bit of a fluke, really, with a foul on the goalkeeper, an illegal play. So, you know, I'd cut Matip a bit of slack. And I would also say in his defence that I think Matip has been um, has been overall very good since he came in and uh, has, has solidified his position on the right-hand side of the central defence. Um, I'd have him over um, Lovren uh, any time now. I think Lovren makes more big mistakes than Matip. Um, even though he did make a little mistake there. Yeah, definitely. Um, where do you think were the key battles in the game and who came out on top? Um, I would say the key battle turned out to be uh, Mane versus Bardsley because Mane was fantastic today, uh, probably man of the match. Uh, he's given the man of the match by who scored and by a lot of people. Uh, Bardsley had really had a torrid time. <laughs> Bardsley, he's usually one of the very hard players, very... You know, a typical Burnley player, gritty, um, much more strength than skill, uh, loves a sliding tackle, you know, very, very strong uh, physical player. But, but Manny took him apart today, and in, in the end, Bowsley ended up making one error for, for the goal. Um, he, he was given one error, and I think that might have been for the tackle or the, um, the block tackle by Lallana on Bowsley. So, yeah, that, that was a key battle, which Manny won hands down with two goals. And um, I think Liverpool overall won the key battles all over the park. In the centre of midfield, Fabinho, he had, he had a, a low-key game, but he was fantastic. He had 89% um, pass completion. Um, and overall, Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Lalana, 
they, they totally ran that midfield against Cork and Westwood. So that was another key, key area where we really won, won the battle. And then at the back, um, Van Dyke had um, seven headers cleared and I think Matip had four, four successful tackles. So we, we, we also totally dominated Woods and Barnes. And Wood and Barnes, as we know, can be uh, very dangerous, aggressive players. They love, they love a high ball. They love getting into heading positions. I think Wood has been scoring a lot lately. He might have scored five in the last seven games or so, so he was kept quiet. So I think all over the park, we, we won those battles. Yeah, very well said. What are your, What is your opinion on this, Mo? I had I agree with Fergus. Uh, Mane was incredible uh, on the left-hand side and cutting, uh, cutting inside and creating chances. I was happy to see Mane create chances because uh, one of my criticisms for Mane uh, this season have been that yes he scored goals but he would always take one extra touch or uh, not take the one touch pass or not take that key pass but seeing him creating today uh, on top of the goals he scored was incredible and that was one battle won on Liverpool's left wing. Uh, on defense I think Matip and Van Dijk were incredible both uh, they totally dominated uh, Burnley's uh, attack. The uh, one key battle I wanted to see was what uh, Peter Crouch came on because of how dominant in the aerial duels Van Dyke is. Uh, so I wanted to see Crouch and Van Dyke, but uh, when he came on, he came on as a left uh, striker to be against Matip, not Van Dyke. I think that was on purpose. They were trying to avoid uh, that, but I think Matip delivered. Um, ultimately, and then obviously the midfield battle was completely dominated by uh, Liverpool's midfield three. Very well said. Um, many fans have criticized Klopp for his substitutions last week in the derby. What do you think about the changes he made during this game? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about the validity of last week's criticism. I think, uh, like, like we said earlier, Liverpool created chances. They could have won that game easily. The substitutions, uh, like Fergus said, he, he saw something in Lalana. He knew he could deliver, and he brought him on. Uh, he didn't bring Keita on, and I think people were wondering why. Uh, I believe it, he just wanted to avoid the extra pressure on Keita coming on in a derby where the score is heading towards 0-0, and any mistake could be a setback in Keita's uh, development. While Lalana has been in the Premier League for a long time, and so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really unhappy with the substitutes last game. You know, I think it was a tough game. Uh, but for the, the lineup today, and the, the substitutes today were, were good. It was uh, not very critical. The game was not critical because Liverpool were ahead for the majority of the game. It was 3-1. Uh, then uh, bringing on Keita for Lalana, bringing on Henderson for Wijnaldum. It was, uh, I believe he was happy with the way things were going in the midfield and the way the game was going. And he just made, made a substitute where it's one player for the other just to secure the game. He started with the 4-3-3, then he brought on Henderson for Wijnaldum. Obviously, we know Henderson, despite not being, uh, being criticized but by a lot of Liverpool supporters, he's a solid midfielder. You bring him on in a game when you're winning 3-1 then you're bringing on a player who can secure the midfield, very strong challenges in the midfield, and he can help with the ball possession. And then brought on Keita for Lalana, uh, somewhat similar uh, players uh, when it comes to, these are the two 
Liverpool midfielders that has got, they have flair uh, and uh, creativity in the midfield. And I think he started 4-3-3, finished it with the same way, except for when he had to substitute Trent Alexander-Arnold for the injury and brought on uh, and moved Henderson to the right back. But the substitutes uh, in this game weren't really a big difference maker. I think Liverpool were winning, and he just brought him on to keep the score the way it is. Very well said. Um, it's time to pick the man of the match. Um, Fergus, who was your man of the match for today and why? Um, I would say, well, first of all, some of the players who stood out would be, uh, I thought Fabinho was excellent in the middle of the park. He really just knitted play together, always in the right place. Um, Firmino got two goals, and um, Lallana obviously was excellent today. And most of all, he, he was excellent because he was... He was so surprisingly good. You know, nobody, I think, expected uh, that performance from Lallana today, so he deserved an honourable mention. Um, Trent had a few wasteful balls earlier on, but overall he was fantastic. He had three key passes overall. Uh, uh, Robertson was a bit quieter on the left. I think uh, Arnold got forward more on the right. Uh, Van Dijk was, was fantastic as usual. We get used to that. Salah, Salah had a pretty good game, but I think overall Mane... Mane was the man of the match uh, because he scored two goals. He had um, quite a few key passes as well. I think it was three or four. And uh, overall, I think he, he was the spark today and, and the man of the match. Yeah, thank you for your answer. I agree with you. For me, also, Mane was the man of the match uh, for his scoring ability as well as uh, he scored goals where we needed the most. Um, how about you, Mo? Who was your man of the match for today's game and why? I throughout the game I was thinking who was gonna be my man of the match and the whole time it was Lalana because of the, the the first two goals who was involved he gave that ball to Salah was nicely played he uh, his tackle created the second goal uh, so and these were critical goals in the game uh, he made several good interceptions uh, overall he was great and then at the end of the game I I would have to agree with uh, Fergus on Mane he. He scored twice and uh, he created, which is what I really want to see Mane do. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with Mane as well. But the, the close second would be Adam Lallana for me. Yeah, definitely. Lallana deserves uh, special credit. Um, and he had a really, really good game. Um, let's move on uh, to some current form. Um, we have three wins and five draws out of eight in all competitions. How can we read into our current form? Um, what do you think about this, Fergus? Yeah, I think our form is a worry. Um, I, what I'm seeing is that our three wins are against Watford, Burnley, and who is the other one? Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. Um, yeah so I, I, I'm worried about our form. In fact, I'm very worried. Those three wins we would expect to win, and we did win them comfortably. And what I do worry about is our form and our... You know, our form, our style, our ability to attack in those bigger games. You know, Everton was a big game for us and for Everton. Man United was a big game. Uh, Bayern at home was a big game. You know, I think uh, when it comes back to the substitutions today, Henderson did come on. Uh, but when, when Henderson starts alongside Fabinho, I think he sits too deep. Now, what he does, he, he basically sits beside um, Fabinho 
and he picks the ball up either from Matip or Van Dijk. And he's basically doing the job that Fabinho does, except not as well, because Hendo doesn't have the same... He's not, he's not as graceful a footballer. I mean, if you, Fabinho, I'm a huge fan. He can, he can play long and short balls, and he's, such a, he's a real um, Rolls-Royce of a footballer. Um, Henderson, you know, he, he tries hard, and he's good for adding solidity. He's a workhorse in the middle of the park. Um, but I, I would very much worry if we were to pick um, Hendo alongside Fabinho and Genie in Munich. I would worry about the transition from defence to attack. I would worry that we would be giving away the, too much possession to a Bayern side who can really um, destroy you with the likes of Coleman and um, Lewandowski and um, whichever the other wing, winger is playing. Um, they've got usually got two good wingers and two good attacking fullbacks. Um, so. Overall, I would say our form is very much a worry. I hope it picks up. Uh, we know Man City's form in the league has been nothing short of superb in, form, in terms of results. And uh, if, if, they, if they are going to continue with that, then, then we do need to up our form and up our game, uh, up our game to be able to win all the remaining matches. Yeah, thank you for your answer. Um, Mo, in what areas do we need to improve uh, in the rest of the season? Improvement for the rest of the season, I would say creating that spark in the midfield that uh, I think many people have been talking about. We have a big problem in big games, like Fergus says, and especially those who sit deep. So you had Manchester United. They were defending deep. They were parking the bus, and we could not create any chances. Against Bayern Munich, uh, there were some chances, and we could have come out on top, but overall it was the same problem. You don't have that player that can take on a couple of midfielders and make a key pass or do a, a key shot. Uh, th there are no players to bring on, so uh, you know there are no signings to be made until the summer, but I would like to see uh, Lalana and Keita perform consistently in the last uh, couple of months of the season. Uh, so that is my worry. With, uh, with, again, especially it's going to be a game against Chelsea and a game against the Spurs. Uh, and I would like to see Liverpool win those games, but I worry about their ability to create. Also, I have noticed throughout the season, Liverpool, when they have possession, they, they do have the possession uh, just as much as City does against other mid-table teams. But the difference is Liverpool's possession is passing the ball from Robertson to Fabinho to Arnold and give it to one of the forwards who gives it back while Man City, they control the ball in the opposition's one-third. And this is because they have these skillful players that can receive the ball under pressure in the midfield. So you can have Bernardo, you have Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Now those players, it's not easy to take the ball from them, uh, when, even if it's in the opposition's third. And I'd like to see a little bit of that going forward for Liverpool. The other thing I'd like to see is the aggression going forward to score goals. So last season, the heavy metal usually pay off going forward, but then Liverpool would concede. This season, there's less heavy metal, uh, so less goals conceded, but then on the other end, you, you don't have as many uh, chances being created against teams that sit deep. So uh, this is the area what I'd like to see him improve upon. Very well said. Let me read a few interesting match facts uh, about this game. Liverpool are unbeaten in our last 36 Premier League home games. Only three teams have enjoyed such long unbeaten runs. 
Um, we have equal Manchester United's record and we are on the verge of uh, beating Man City's record. Chelsea is the top with 86 games unbeaten run at home. Um, Sadio Mane has scored in each of his six home Premier League games, scoring eight goals, and he now has 50 goals for Liverpool in all competitions. Coming to the defensive uh, stats, Alisson has 17 clean sheets this season, equaling the tally for the club in whole of last season, and we have conceded 17 goals. This is surely our best ever defensive performance. Mo Salah has won five games since his last goal. His last goal was a 3-0 home win over Bournemouth, and he hasn't scored in three successful, uh, successive Anfield appearances. And also, he's one goal away from scoring 50 in the league for Liverpool. He missed Alan Shearer's record of 66 matches, but the current record stands uh, by Fernando Torres with 72 matches. Let's talk about Bayern Munich now. Fergus, what should be Liverpool's approach or strategy to the game? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's one that uh, we always uh, approach these big games with a bit of um, trepidation because I think with last season in the Champions League run, we used to approach all of the big games, whether it was Man City in the home and away leg, whether it was Roma home and away. We, we, we were highly aggressive. And as Mo said, it was heavy metal football. It was end-to-end stuff, and um, you know we we scored a lot of goals and we conceded too many goals, but we got through um, all the way to the final. So I think Klopp has changed his approach this season. He wants much more control. He wants much less, um, I suppose, heart attacks in in defence. So um, I I I mean how I would approach it. I mean, Klopp is a manager, and, and, and he's he's doing you know he he's he's got a he knows way more about football than I do. But how I would approach it would be to play. Um, I mean, Lalana was one of the midfield three today. I don't know whether he's going to play him again as soon as Wednesday, but I'd like to see that kind of balance in midfield where you've got Fabinho. If he's playing a four-three-three, it should be Fabinho at the base, and then someone like Lalana or Akita. And then, and then Genie as well on, on the right-hand side of the three. Me personally, I'd probably play a 4-2-3-1. I'd play um, uh, the usual back five and then uh, Fabinho and Genie in the two. And then someone like um, Mane, uh, Bobby and, uh, and Keita or Shaq on the right with Mo up top. That's how I'd play it, even against Bayern Munich, even away. That's how I would do it. I, I would go all out attack because... It's the second leg. It's almost like a, a one-off cup tie. We've got to win it. We've got 90 minutes and extra time if necessary. Um, how Klopp, I think, will approach it will be, I think he'll play a 4-3-3 as he did um, away to Napoli, um, etc. So he'll probably probably play um, uh, Fabinho and uh, Henderson and Milner. Milner didn't make an appearance today, because possibly because he was injured. So it'll be... Um, uh, either Genie or or Henderson, Milner, and Fabinho. So he's going to have three of those four, uh, kind of a solid base midfield. The problem with that, from my perspective, and again, I'm, I might be very well wrong uh, with this, and uh, you know, I look forward to seeing on Wednesday. The problem with that that I see is it concedes too much of the ball because we don't have those, as Mo said, those uh, genius footballers in the middle of the park who can who can just keep the ball so well. Um, 
these guys are hard workers. Um, you know, Fabinho apart, who, who's, who's creative. Uh, Milner can do a good through ball, and, and a, but he, he's not really great on, on short interplay, uh, one-twos in the middle of the park and in the attacking third. So, um, yeah, I, I, w I would be concerned if we play that solid base three in the middle of the park that we'll be conceding too much possession to Bayern Munich. And uh, Bayern Munich can really hurt you if we give them possession. So let's see. Klopp might go there, uh, hoping to uh, keep it solid, go for a 1-0 a win or even a 1-1 draw. Uh, but let's see on that. Very well said. What are your suggestions on this, Mo? Well, I, I think the game is going to be in, uh, in, in Byron's home turf, so they're not going to be as defensive as they were uh, in Anfield, which would give Liverpool a chance to possibly score. So I think the, the approach that Liverpool are going to take for that game is to keep it tight. And uh, they're not going to park the bus because Liverpool do not do that, but they will keep it tight in the back uh, and uh, try to score a goal because just by scoring a goal, then Bayern Munich can too. So if they end up 1-0 or even 1-1, then Liverpool are ahead and Bayern are the ones who are trying to make up the, the loss. Uh, when it comes to the the start the lineup, I think they're gonna go with the four three three, just based on how Liverpool have been playing recently with midfield three. Even though I loved it when Liverpool were playing the four two three one, and uh, the, the results were great, uh, but I'm not sure why it changed. But I think for a game like that, four three three would be solid. I think Fabinho is uh, is a must, and uh, he's definitely going to start. I think if Genie is fit, he would start. Uh, if Genie is not fit, then it could be maybe Milner or Henderson. Uh, but I would like to see either Keita or Lalana for that game. Lalana, based on the form that he's shown today, uh, if he's fit, then he can play next game, and I think he would be an addition. And Keita, because he he shined in the in the Bundesliga, and he knows Bayern Munich. He knows he struggles in the Premier League, but this is not the Premier League. Uh, so I would expect Lalana or Kita to start, uh, and I would hope for them to start. Uh, but I think it will be a tough, tough, tight game. There won't be a lot of goals. Very well said. Bayern have won 12 of their last 13 league games, including a 6-0 thumping of Wolfsburg at the weekend. They are on a roll. Are you worried about them? Yes, of course, it's Bayern Munich. I, I know they started the season. Uh, they, they didn't have the best start of the season, uh, but they picked up their form, and now they're in a good form. At the end of the day, this is Bayern Munich, and these players have been playing with each other for years, and they, they have the additions. So uh, by no means Liverpool are favorites against a team like Bayern, but I think it's, uh, it's a 50-50 chance for both. So, uh, once again, I think it's going to be tight. I think Liverpool is going to show respect, but Bayern will also show respect. And if they don't, they're going to get burned on a counterattack, given the speed of Mane and Mo Salah. Uh, so, I'm worried about it, but I'm also excited to see uh, that game. I, I think it will be a more enjoyable game than the one at Anfield. Very well said. How about you, Fergus? Are you worried about them? Uh, yes. Uh, Bayern have a great um, pedigree in Europe. I think they've been to something like five of the last six Champions League semi-finals. So 
they're, they're far more experienced than this than we are. So um, I would be worried. Also, they've got um, some very good attacking players like Thomas Rodriguez. He didn't show a lot at Anfield, but he was he did well defensively. But he'll be far more on the front foot at home. Thomas Muller, I think, is suspended, uh, so he'll be out. Um, but they've got enough attacking players with Gnabry. I, I see that um, Thomas uh, Frank Ribery came on as a sub at the weekend, so he'll be back. So, yeah, I'd be concerned about Bayern. They're a very strong team. They'll be a very confident team with their recent form. And, you know, I think we really have to be on top of our game to to, to stay in the game and to, to get a result over there. Very well said. Um, let's, let's talk about prediction of the scores. The first leg ended at nil-nil at Anfield. Well, how would you, you predict the score for the return leg? I think it won't be many goals conceded. I, I think it might end up being uh, a 1-0 for either team or a 1-1. Yeah, that's a really good prediction. I think it will be 2-1. Um, how about you for this? What's your prediction? Are, are you saying 2-1 to Liverpool or 2-1 to Bayern? 2-1 to Liverpool, of course. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to make uh, Liverpool loss predictions on a on a Liverpool fan podcast. Um, I would be concerned about the game. I would say uh, a draw, one one or two two, and why not? I'll say a two two, and I'll say a, a barnstorming game where both sides end up attacking each other. Because once we get an away goal, it's really going to shake Bayern up. So uh, I'll say a two two, and we go through. Yeah, that's a poor prediction. Um... Owen is not with us today, but at the end of the last week, he recorded an interview with Maurice Haas from the Bayern Munich website and podcast Mia Sandrod to get an idea about how they're all feeling. Here's the interview. So, Maurice House, thank you very much for, for agreeing to be on Cop On Podcast again. It's absolutely, absolutely fabulous that you, you know, you're here to talk about Bayern against Liverpool, the return at the Allianz Arena. Um, Nil-nil in the first leg, of course. Um, that was a shock to many, including me. What, what were your impressions of the first leg? Well, it, it went a lot better than, than I predicted on this podcast. And I think it also went a lot better than a lot of people in Germany thought. Um, you know, we had that game against, against Augsburg the week before. Uh, in the Bundesliga, and that was like a really, really close victory, just uh, winning 3-2. to two. Uh, The defense looked really, really bad in that one, and so to see the team play that good uh, at Anfield Road was, was really surprising to a lot of uh, folk in, in Germany. And, you know, I think really for the first time this season, Kovac kind of had a defensive game plan, and the team stuck to it, and it kind of worked out. And Liverpool still had some chances, but uh, all in all, the defense looked rather stable. And so, yeah, I was I was quite impressed by the by the performance that Bayern put in. And at the time, I thought this is quite okay to look ahead for the for the return leg, uh, which will be next Wednesday now. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, it, it's, it's worth pointing out that we're recording this on Thursday. You know, the day after um, Paris Saint-Germain we got knocked out by Manchester United. Wow, what a match that was! Um, and uh, uh, I don't know. What did you learn about Liverpool in our in our first game? What, did Liverpool? I don't know. Did anything about Liverpool surprise you? Or well, I think 
for 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 large parts of the game, Liverpool looked or played like we would have expected them to play. Um, I think they had a few yeah, mishaps early in the first half, um, few like passes which looked a little bit insecure, but we couldn't really take advantage of that. And I think with Van Dijk coming back for the return leg, those will be uh, yeah. There will no more be such such flaws in in on defense. Um, so we will actually have to create our own chances for for a goal in that one. But <laughs> other than that, I think uh, Liverpool, you know, they, they acted like a typical Jurgen Klopp team. They pressed us really high up the pitch if we had the ball in our back four. Um, then they kind of laid back a little bit if we moved on to midfield. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, I think what really surprised me the most was that there were a few good chances and you guys missed them. Uh, I think Manet had that one shot where he turned around and he missed goal. Um, I was kind of expecting that what would be one of those shots where he just uh, finds the back of the net. But other than that, I think it looked a lot like what I would have expected, just that Bayern looked a lot better than I would have expected to play against that uh, that Liverpool side. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, okay. And uh, in terms of a, a sort of game plan for the return match, I mean, there were there were only two shots on target in the in the whole of the first leg. Both of them for Liverpool. Uh, Bayern had nine shots uh, in in total, but zero on target. Do you think both teams will set up, you know, in the same way, quite cautiously, or will Bayern feel that they should attack more because you're at home? Well, um, attacking will be key because we, we need to score in order to advance. Uh, so it, it will be good to, to, to attack more. And I think that that will be the, the most deciding factor for, for that return leg. Um, Niko Kovac will have to find a way uh, to, you know, to like create some offense, create some chances, but still keep that defensive stability because, you know, Losing the ball against Liverpool will be totally devastating because you you guys have such uh, fast players up front, and we do not have the fastest defenders to keep up with with your attackers, and so that could lead to some easy uh, counter attacks and to some easy chances. So what will be key, I think, is if you have the ball and if you advance the ball up the pitch, to not lose the ball in the central uh, in the center of the pitch. And I, I know this is uh, it sounds pretty simple. But uh, or it's pretty basic, but it actually has been an area of struggle for Bayern as of the whole season, so to say. And now last week against Gladbach, they did a pretty good job. They just lost two balls in the center of the pitch. And if we can keep that up, I think this will be the most important factor uh, going into the Liverpool match. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and talking about the the games you played since our first leg, uh, you've played two, one, two, including, as you mentioned, a very good performance against uh, Munchen Gladbach. You you won five one in your last match, so you've now won four in a row in the league. And um, Dortmund have had a bit of a wobble, so now you're level on points with them at the top of the Bundesliga. Has confidence, you know, fully returned to Bayern now? I mean, are, are the fans feeling a lot better about Kovac and about the season? Um, I think so. At least the confidence <clears throat> with with the players has has definitely returned. There is this story that after the, the match against Gladbach, uh, Thiago, our midfielder, was running around in the locker room shouting, "We're back! We're back!" Everybody doubted us, but we're back. And <clears throat> I think this really speaks to the fact that the team has completely returned, <clears throat> gotten back his confidence. Sorry for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it. 
ever since the, the winter break, the team has been uh, really clicking. And the, the match against Mönchengladbach, basically just everything came together. Uh, you got to say, it, it, look, the match was played on Saturday and Dortmund already played on Friday. And they dropped points against Augsburg on Friday. So we had the chance to equalize at the top of the uh, top of the league table. And, you know, the team just came out red hot. They wanted to win this game. And it was evident for everybody in the stadium, for everybody watching the game at home. They just came out with so much firepower. They scored the first goal after two minutes. They scored another goal two minutes after the start of the second half. And... They, they could have easily scored even more goals, just uh, Jan Sommer, uh, the goalkeeper for Gladbach, who had a, an absolute superb performance, keeping his team from going down by like seven or eight goals, maybe. So, yeah, I, I think the team's confidence is back. And like I already said in the first podcast that we recorded a couple of weeks back, um, the mentality of the team is really its biggest strength this season. And yeah, um, and you will see that in, in the return leg as well, I suppose. Oh, yeah, fighting words. We will see it. You're that confident. I love it. Good answer. <laughs> Excellent. Um, um, it was, uh, but, you know, on a, on a sort of slightly more, more sobering note, it was really sad that Kingsley Coman got injured again because he's such a fabulous player um, and he was, a, you know, a big danger in the first leg. But I heard that he's already started running again. Is, is there a chance that he can make it for uh, next Wednesday's match? And uh, I don't know, what other injury problems do you have? Well, um, sadly, uh, tonight, uh, the... Uh, German Yellow Press, uh, Bild uh, Zeitung, uh, reported that he will be out for the match, and they're normally really well informed. Uh, so I think we'll be missing Oman in the in the return leg. Robin still has uh, has struggled to be- get back uh, into team training, um, so I, I don't think he he will make it. Um, you know, the the whole. The whole situation with Robin is really, really uncertain. Nobody really knows what's going on. When will he be able to come back? Uh, it does not seem like he will be able to go next Wednesday. Um, other than that, we had some minor issues. A um, few players got sick uh, last week. few players had minor, minor injuries, minor knocks. Um, but I think they should all be fine, except for, uh, obviously, quarantine Tulisa, who is out long-term. But uh, other than that... I think everybody should be ready to go and uh, Frank Ribéry, for example, should also be able to, 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 to go. Frank, the immortal Frank Ribéry. Uh, uh, incredible. What a, what a professional to have a career so late. Absolutely brilliant uh, for him. Um, but, uh, you know, a slight worry for uh, many Bayern fans, as, as far as I can tell, is that uh, Kimmich is uh, suspended. And, you know, because he's been he's been great this season, especially going forward. 13 assists in 31 Bundesliga and Champions League matches in total. 13 assists, amazing. And, and uh, you know, so how much are you going to miss him and who's going to come in for him? Is his, is his replacement any good? <laughs> yeah, so replacing Kimmich is like a... It's like a really, really tough task, and uh, probably Rafinha will hit will fill his spot. Um, he's played for the Brazil national team a few years back. Uh, he's he's a really solid uh, backup player. Um, I think two or three years back, he was maybe the second best uh, 
fullback in the Bundesliga. Um, now he's kind of dropped off a little bit, um, so he will come in, but he does not provide that same offensive spark as, as Kimmich would have done. So that, that will obviously be a disadvantage for Bayern. As I said, they need to score a goal in that match, so being without their uh, best creator of chances will be, will be a tough break for them. Um, so I, what I expect is that Kim, uh, Rafinha will stay um, on defense more often, stay back and kind of create some defensive stability. And so it will be on David Alaba on the left flank to really push up the pitch and put in one of those performances that he put in four or five years ago, um, which made him one of the best uh, fullbacks in Europe. Uh, he's kind of dropped off then, uh, since then. But uh, we will need a vintage performance from him, and to really, re we need him to put him in his uh, best effort for in the last few years. So um, yeah, hopefully he can he can do that. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. It would be, it'd be really uh, intriguing to see him against uh, probably Trent Alexander Arnold, our our young fullback. Um, yeah, that would be one of the key battles in the match, I'm sure. Um, what kind of team do you expect then? What what I mean, you know, not not the one that you would pick, but what do you think Kovac will pick uh, against Liverpool for the return match? Obviously, Neuer in goal, and apart from that, Rafinha at right back. Alaba at left yeah. back, Hummels, Boateng, presumably. Um, I think I think Sula will play definitely. Uh, then the second spot, I think if he if he is fully healthy, he had some minor minor uh, problems with being sick. Um, I think Hummels will be the choice to uh, to go because he's played uh, marvelous in that in that first leg against Liverpool. He's really been that defensive anchor, and so I think he will get the the nod over Boateng. Um, and then in defensive midfield, I think we'll see both uh, Javi Martinez, who's also played a really, really strong first leg, and then Thiago next to him. Uh, now up front, we're missing Coman, we're missing Robin, we're missing um, Thomas Müller. So basically, the, the the starters are set by default. Um, so I think Gnabry will play, um, James Rodriguez will play, and then the third spot is a little bit up for debate. Uh, you could either see Frank Ribery play, or you could also see Leon Goretzka, the German central midfielder, play. Uh, if Goretzka plays, James would move to to the right wing, I suppose, and uh, Gnabry will move to the left wing. If uh, Ribery gets uh, the start, then Ribery will start as the left wing, Gnabry will play right wing, and James will play more the central role. Um, I would say Kovac will probably go with, uh, with Ribery, just because he's more experienced. But I also could really well see him put in Goretzka just because it creates more defensive stability, a little bit more compact midfield. So I could also see them him uh, going that way. And then up front, of course, Lewandowski as, as the striker. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. I mean, it's still a brilliant team. I mean, I'm sorry for your injuries, but I mean, you know, obviously your squad is still very, very strong. So that's uh, that's I mean, I still you know, I can't wait again. I mean, it's such a. I don't know. The the last match was um, a little bit of a disappointment in terms of attacking play, but uh, I don't know. It was intriguing nonetheless, and I expect nothing less but uh, but something uh, really good to watch on next Wednesday. Um, what's your score prediction finally, Morris? Um, I think uh, it it will be really really close, and you know as I have my fingers crossed for Bayern, I think we'll squeak out a two one victory. 
Um, I hope for an early goal. Then probably Liverpool will equalize some some uh, sometime later in the first half. Then uh, a two-one go uh, winning goal. Um, and I don't care how if it needs to be a penalty, I, I take it. If it's a shot from outside of the box, I take it. If it's an own goal, I take it. Uh, <laughs> it will be tough, but but my prediction is is two-one for Bayern at, at that stage. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Morris. Um, you know, um, I do. I, I wish you uh, all the best. May the best team win. Yeah. Yeah. I could get behind that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Now let's talk about the remaining fixtures uh, uh, that we have uh, to complete the season. Uh, against the top six, we have two fixtures against Spurs and Chelsea at home. Against uh, the mid-table teams, we have Newcastle and Wolves, and we have four games against the relegation battle teams. How would you feel about a run-in? I would say take it, as Klopp says, uh, take it one game at a time. Um, Fulham, obviously, bottom of the table. So, you know, I think Liverpool are a class above them. So, you know, you can't take anything for granted. But... Um, you know, they've got a new manager now, so there might be a bit of a bounce there. Uh, Spurs at home. Spurs are going through a bad patch, which is actually very good timing for us. But, I mean, they are Spurs. They have got Harry Kane. They have got Son. And then uh, several other attacking players. So Spurs are a difficult game. Hopefully, with the form um, that, uh, that, that they're in at the moment, we can, we can win it. So that, in a way, is going to be difficult because they've got a new manager. Uh, they just beat someone at the weekend, I forget who, but they, they had a very good win at the weekend. Um, and Chelsea are always Chelsea. Chelsea are difficult. They they love to make life difficult for us. So, I mean, 12 points, it's very hard to predict 12 points from those four picture, pictures. All I can say is um, we have to take one game at a time and try and get three points from each one. Our next four league games are against Fulham away, Spurs at home, Southampton away, and Chelsea at home. Would you be surprised if we didn't get 12 points from those matches, more. I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be disappointed because this is the end of the season and every point that you drop, you're going to pay for it. To win the title, we need to get at least 10 points out of the next 12, uh, hoping that City would drop points against Spurs and United at some point. But uh, I would hope that we can get that 12 points. And like Fergus said, and that's what Klopp's message has been, one game at a time. Uh, so the, the Liverpool team, they should just focus on their next game. It's a cup match. They have to win it, and so forth. Uh, the advantage of uh, being against Spurs and Chelsea, it's at Enfield, which adds the advantage, uh, while, uh, while City, for example, have to go to Old Trafford for the, uh, for the derby. So... Uh, it's one game at a time, and every game is a cup match, and that should be the attitude. Want to see the aggression, and when it comes down to it, and you need to score, turn on the heavy metal, and take your chances because a draw is not going to cut it to win the Premier League. Very well said. Fulham are massive 12 points, 13 points, sorry, from safety, having won 17 points from 30 matches. If we beat them, we will be back on the top of the league. Uh, before the international break, although City would have a game in hand. Would this be a tiny psychological advantage for Liverpool, Fergus? Uh, yes, it will. I mean, I think City are 
they're used to barnstorming the league as they did last season. They're used to just wiping the floor with their opponents. And, and I think just the fact that we're still in the race and that we just won't go away, I think that will be a psychological advantage for Liverpool. Yeah, very well said. Um, Man City's next four matches are Fulham away, Cardiff at home, Crystal Palace away, Spurs at home, and United. Spurs and United, they have a double game week. Uh, they should get 12 points, or how much do you think they will, uh, they will score more? So I would be really disappointed if they get the 12 points, because if they do get the 12 points from this run of fixtures, then they deserve to win the Premier League, uh, because they are, like, Crystal Palace is a very tough game. Crystal Palace is a team that gives uh, the top of the table at such a hard time. They know how to defend well. They sit deep. They're compact, but they know how to counter. They got Zaha. He's very dangerous. And they, they've beaten City in Manchester. So that's a very difficult game. Then Spurs are Spurs. Uh, no matter what their form is recently, uh, they are dangerous, and they can win and score. And uh, I believe this game is, is at home for Manchester City. And Spurs away are actually better than Spurs at home for some reason Wembley doesn't sit well with them uh, and then the the Manchester Derby I, I'd expect the Manchester City to drop at least two points if not more during this run of fixtures and I would hope Liverpool can take advantage of that yeah very well said they have tricky fixtures certainly Fulham and Cardiff are, are easy wins but Crystal Palace Spurs and Manchester United are tricky games for them. I'm sure they will drop points in these three games. Next question goes to you, Fergus. Eight league games left in the season. Where do you think Liverpool will finish at the end? I, I would say the title race is still about 60-40 in Man City's favour. Um, well, partly they're a point ahead and they have the experience of winning the title before. I think it could work in our favour that we're mostly chasing them now. But um, I would I would put uh, next city as favourite to, uh, to to finish first. All right. How about you, Mo? Where do you think Liverpool will finish at the end of the season? I I would say it's a fifty-fifty for two reasons. I I agree that Manchester City overall the fact that Liverpool are still in the title race at this point is incredible because Manchester City they they have spent so much money on their squad they have so much squad depth they literally have two teams that can go on and compete for the premier league the two advantages number one is liverpool are the ones who are chasing city so the, this pressure of we're top of the league we can't drop points maybe a little bit less but not by much but the other bigger advantage is manchester city they've played more fixtures uh the liverpool so far they played that uh the uh, Carabao Cup final, and they went on to extra time. And you can see that the two games afterwards, their quality hasn't been that great yet. Yes, they got the job done, but they did not wipe the floor with their opponents, uh, like Fergus said. And now they're going to be playing in the FA Cup as well. So if you add those fixtures in the end of the season that's been very long, then the players will fatigue. Uh, yes, they have the depth uh, to play with uh, change, switch up the pl players, but I think those are two advantages that would make me go with the 50-50 chance. Um, I hope they finish on top, but we'll see. Okay, well said. 
If Liverpool finish second in the league, would you be happy and positive or would you be disappointed, Fergus? Uh, of course I'd be disappointed, but I think um, the, way, the way the season has gone, I think a lot of Liverpool fans would have been extremely disappointed if we thought we would finish second when we had that December spell. Um, but I think that um, a lot of realism has dawned on the fan base uh, now with the past few months um, and the results we've had and the way City have overhauled that the um, seven-point lead we once had. So if we were to finish second in the league right now, I would say, you know, overall it would, would have been a fantastic season and a huge uh, improvement on last year in points total and the way we've, um, you know, closed the gap on City. So I would say, I, you know, I, that the whole season would be a mixture of uh, being disappointed, but overall being happy that uh, and positive that the, that the team is improving. And I know we really will. I think FSG are serious owners. Klopp is a serious manager. There's a serious organization in place now. So I think overall uh, we'll improve the squad in the summer and we'll be an even better club and team next season. Very well said. How about you, Mo? What do you think? Well, I, of course, like Fergus said, based on the December spell, uh, I'd be disappointed if Liverpool do not win the league. But realistically speaking, you're, you're looking at a team that wasn't in, the, wasn't in the Champions League. Then the year after, they made it to the Champions League. And then last season, they again finished in the top four and made it to the Champions League final. Came very, very close to winning major silverware. And now they're number two in the Premier League. And in any other season other than the, the, this season and the last one, Liverpool would have won the league uh, based on the number of points they have. But just it happens coincidentally that City are also in their prime. And uh, that just made it that much difficult. But you look at Liverpool, and I know people make fun of Liverpool fans saying that next season is our season, next season is our season. But it is true that Liverpool have been significantly improving every season. You compare to last one, there's a lot of maturity in the team, a lot of defensive solidity, and uh, the points and the goal differences are all pointing in the right direction. I think the squad is young. You have Trent Alexander-Arnold, what, 20 years old? Incredible guy. Andy Robertson, you have Joe Gomez. Uh, the front three are still in their mid-20s. Uh, so the team is very solid, and I don't see Liverpool losing any um, any significant squad members next season. I see them only bringing additions. So if Liverpool managed to bring on a, a natural number 10 and a, another forward that can help rest those front three that play every single game, every single important game at least, I think uh, Liverpool will just go on to be better and better. So I think it's positive overall, the fact that they're, if they finish second, if they win the Premier League, then that would be incredible. But if they don't, then that does not mean by any chance that they bottled it. They did not bottle it. They uh, neck and neck with Man City until uh, in March, and they are. And uh, their performance has been great overall, uh, apart from certain things that could be improved upon. And I think Klopp is, is a fantastic manager. Uh, yes, he hasn't won silverware with Liverpool, but you're in England. There, there are, this is the only league in Europe that has a top six where uh, Chelsea wins the league one year, then they finish fifth the year after. This is not like the uh, 
Bundesliga or uh, the French League or, the, or La Liga, you have uh, Pep. He's won trophies, but he's won trophies with Barcelona. Of course, any, any manager is expected to win the league with Barcelona or get fired. Uh, he's won the league with Bayern Munich. Jurgen Klopp won it with Dortmund, which shows you the quality of a manager he is. So I think overall things are positive and uh, it wouldn't be too bad if they don't win it. Lastly, would you like to add anything? Uh, I, uh, I would like to add that I'm very happy to be with you guys on the podcast and uh, uh, I look forward to more uh, podcasts and I look forward to the Bayern Munich game because uh, we've been talking about the Premier League but we have not forgotten about the Champions League which is, uh, which is uh, as big of a deal as the Premier League if Liverpool managed to go through then they're looking at possibly winning that as well so we'll see how it goes Thank you. Thank you, Mo, for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us here. And you have had a fantastic debut in this podcast, and I'm sure you will join us in many more podcasts in the future. Very well said, all your answers, and it was lovely to interact with you. How about you, Fergus? Do you want to add anything at the end? Yeah, likewise. Great chatting to you today. Um, and the one thing I suppose the concern from the game today is that Trent went off and he seemed to be holding his shoulder. Um, I think we'd really be stuck against Bayern Munich if Trent is injured. Um, I'd hate to see um, Milner, a good servant though he is, trying to uh, cross in those balls from the right. Um, so I just really hope that Trent is available for the um, Bayern game. And uh, also another thing that occurs to me when we're talking about player of the season and you know coming towards the end of the season and the title race and all of that. Obviously, Virgil has probably been our player of the season. And I think for Man City, one of our former players, Sterling, has been their player of the season. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame what might have been if Sterling had stayed with us. I'd love to see him under Klopp. But, um, you know, I think that's probably the race, uh, not only for the top two in the Premier League, but for the top two players of the season will be Sterling and, and DVD. Very well said. Thank you for joining, Fergus. It's always lovely to talk to you. And uh, thank you guys for joining me in this podcast. And uh, thank you for your time. It's always a lovely feeling to be in this podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Karen. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. So there you go. Thank you enormously to Dr. Mo, to Fergus, and especially Karen standing in as the as the host and doing a marvellous job there. Uh, but as always, the greatest thanks goes to you, the adored listener. And rest assured, you are adored. And without you, none of us would even bother. Please do share Cop on Podcast with your friends, your psychics, and your funeral directors. And if you would like to chuck us one dollar a month please go to patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast and uh, you may be able to win some prizes by doing so cop on will be back after fulham by which time liverpool could be back on top of the league because manchester city that hugely talented team with such a small time village mentality will be playing in the fa cup so you know, we've got an extra game. Hmm, good leapfrog them. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs>